Can you believe it's round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Except for the North Division. Winnipeg Jets is like, hey, when can we get in a round two? Plus, we have Major League Baseball. Chicago keeps winning. But the Texans, on the other hand, ouch. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. What do you say? What do you know, Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger? Well, tonight we have something special. We basically don't have the T-Dog tonight. He's got to go. That's right. He had to go. He had bigger and better things to do. But that's all right. When he said he couldn't be on tonight, my response was this. Yep, I was pretty disappointed. That's okay, because uh, the podcast must go on, and I'm happy to do it. So we're going to be talking NHL playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Round two, baby. For some divisions. For another division up north, not so much. Still waiting. Still waiting. Talking a little bit of Major League Baseball. Some of the teams in our area, which is Chicago, Dallas, and, oh, that's right, Vegas doesn't have one yet. That's the key word, yet. And then we'll talk a little bit of the Indy 500. There was a winner today, folks, so we'll bring that up as well. So... Today, we had another division opening up their series. A number one versus number two. And we will get into that in just a minute or two. Because we really have to talk about... We really have to talk about the first... uh, First off, what team or what division is not in the second round of the playoffs? Well, it's Canada, folks. It's it's the division in the north. So they are currently... Winnipeg Jets have, uh, have beaten their team. So they move on. So they're waiting for... the winner of... Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. It's been an exciting game Toronto was up 3-1 then we know Jonathan Tavares got hurt and so they've given up a couple 
of games, so now it's tied 3-3. So the series is very interesting. So Winnipeg did what they need to do, which I think was a pretty good upset, personally. Winnipeg beating Edmonton. But Toronto is having a fit with the Canadians. The last two games that Toronto played the Canadians, it won into overtime. And it was one Nick Suzuki, one game five. And uh, I don't remember who the winner of game six was, but it doesn't really matter. They're up in the north. I do, I do know what does matter. Let's open up that uh, ice cold bear. What do you say? There we go. There we go. Ah, yes. Just bubbling. So we're still waiting for that. So game seven, Montreal at Toronto, 7 p.m. Eastern time. is going to be played tomorrow, May 31st, Monday. And by the way, a shout-out to everyone that has that day off tomorrow. Shout out to all the men and women that served in the armed forces and gave up their life. Thank you, because it allows me and my family and everyone else here in the United States an opportunity to keep on trucking, to stay safe and sound. So thank you. Just a little shout out to the Memorial Day weekend, of course. But Montreal, Toronto. Playing tomorrow. And also, New York Islanders in Boston. They're playing game two of the second round. So game one. Second round game one, New York Islanders, Boston. Boston ends up winning five to two. And then... Tampa Bay played today at Carolina. An amazing game. But once again, Tampa Bay comes in and, and wins 2-1. to one. Just a exciting game, for sure. Let's see here. We've got uh, with Tampa Bay taking the early two to one lead. They're up one nothing in the series, and they had to come. They had a hey. It was zero zero after the first, second period. Brandon Point, Braden Point, assist by Hedman and Kucherov. It was a power play goal. Got a little bit of that. We'll just go ahead and play that goal for you today, as we have it here. Here we go. Oh, there we go. That ain't going to (laughs) work. See, that's the problem of playing uh, solo, man, when you need your your, uh, sidekick here. And then Jake Bean comes back, ties it up on a a power play goal in the third period. And then Barclay Goudreau at the 12.39 mark. Kills it for a two to one win. Gets the victory. So a tight, tight game. And then, man, 
Now we got to talk about Vegas. This is how I felt. This is seriously how I felt when 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 uh, I saw the the opener. Now it was not in Vegas, but this is how I felt. Now I was like, yes, let's go play some hockey. Not in the desert, but in Colorado. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Robin Len- Leonard is goaltending? Okay. I mean, the between Leonard and Flurry, they were the best tandem goaltenders in the National Hockey League, allowing the least amount of goals. I think 95 total for the 56 games played in the regular season. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's been a while though. It's been a while since Leonard had played. I mean, is that, is that the right move? You just came off an emotional game seven at home. Yanmark gets a hat trick against Minnesota you win four to three, four wins, three losses. You end up taking that game six to two. Everything was clicking. Flurry's on fire. And you say, you know what? But we have the tandem, man. We have a tandem. And we can beat Carolina, uh, Colorado. We've played Colorado before. We can beat them. They've had a week off, though. Colorado swept the St. Louis Blues. Absolutely swept them. So they had a week off. So the question really is, is Robin going to play well, or is he going to be rusty? Are the Colorado Avalanche going to play well, or are they going to come out rusty? Well, folks... They did not come out rusty at all. It actually was pretty embarrassing, to be honest with you. And after that high, that emotional high that I played, right? Because that's that's what we were thinking. Next thing I know, I'm like, two goals in a first? Come on, man. Four goals in a second? Come on, man. And one more in the third? Come on, man. Good God. Now, it's a seven-game series, folks. And Avalanche have been on fire, right? They've won four in a row. This is their fifth game in a row. But there were some goals, man, that you you can tell... Robin was definitely rusty. More so than the Avalanche were. Miko Rettinen scores his first goal. 
four minutes and 55 seconds into the first period. Gabriel Landenskog scores a second goal. 10 minutes and 13 seconds into the first period. Brandon Saad scores with a minute four in the second period. Nathan McKinnon scores four minutes into the second period. Gabriel Landenskog, his second goal of the night, power play goal, by the way, scores with 14-23 in the second period. We finally get on the board. So right at that point, Landeskog scores the fifth goal, and we finally get on the, the board. Carlson from Pacioretty and Marcia. So honestly, that goal could have won either way. William Carlson tripped up a player in front of the net. That's how he got open, whatever. Maybe the fact that they're down five to nothing, you're not going to make that call. Makes sense. And then his second goal of the night, Nathan McKinnon at 17.05. And then you get the third period, another power play goal. But, man, that third period was interesting. It was interesting to see. And this is what I get from him. Yeah, we might have lost 7-1, but first off, guys, it's a seven-game series. You have to win four games. And you and Vegas has to win one of these games on the road. They have to. Now, obviously, if they don't, if everything being equal, Colorado wins their home games and Vegas wins their home games, it will go to a game seven, but it's going to be a game seven in Colorado. Both teams had the best record in the NHL. Both teams had the same record. Colorado gets the advantage because of regular season wins. But at the end of the season, they both had the same amount of points. But what what do you what do you get from that? Well, your hat trick guy, who's a who's a really good player, not expecting a lot of score uh goals to be scored. Yeah, Mark. Gets hit up high by that defenseman player. What's his name? I have to look it up. But he gets hit, hits up high in the head. And that's when that's when the shit hits the fan. That's when the wheels kind of come off. Not necessarily for for Colorado, but definitely for Vegas. You knew hits were going to happen. You you knew it. And those hits came, and they came hard. So I'm looking at defense, uh, Graves. So Graves hits, yeah, Mark, up high. Towards the head or in the jaw, you know, in the jaw area, knocks him out of the game. Only a two minute, not a five minute major. It was a high hit. That's probably going to be evaluated. He, Graves may get a suspension for one game. But then you started pissing off a lot of the Vegas Gold Knights players. 
and you start you started seeing hits and penalties like like you couldn't believe, especially in the in the second and third period for sure. I mean, Reeves had 19 penalty minutes, and the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period were on a nine-minute power play. Nine-minute power play. Marcia's show got a 10-minute misconduct, and so did, I think it was Pacioretty. I think he got a 10-minute Or was Haig? It's one of those two. They were sitting in the box for 10 minutes. And then Reeves, with all his penalties, which added up to nine minutes, for the first, what was interesting with that is for the first 10 uh, of the nine minutes, about seven and a half minutes, they held off. I thought they were actually, the Golden Knights were actually going to kill that nine-minute power play. But they didn't. And what was interesting, though, they could have, if you were watching the game, they they had their heavy-hitting line out there, meaning the guys that were scoring. I mean, you're talking, you had Landeskott, you had McKinnon, you had guys that were scoring points out on that uh, power play line. And they didn't score. It came down to Marker, or Marcar, the defense that ends up scoring. Kale. Makar. He gets a power play goal. But man, resiliency. I don't know what's going to happen to Ryan Reeves, who... Goes after the, it's funny, he goes after the goalie of Colorado. And then he realizes that Graves is standing next to him. So he starts pushing on him. They both go to the ground, still hitting him in the head. That's how you defend, man. That's how you defend your team. It was going to get scrappy, man. You knew it was. Listen, the game was already gone. You're down six to one. Game's over. Now it's all about respect. And it's all about protecting your own. And that's, I mean, if we'll carry a back-to-back penalties in a second period. The reason? Because of that crappy, shitty hit. They weren't the best penalty. Listen, if you're going to go after somebody, you go, you knock them out. Not necessarily out of the game or whatever, but you you knock them down, you hit them hard, you you hit. And we had hits. We had quite a bit. Brown had five hits. Reeves had five hits. Carrier had three. White Cloud had two. Holden had two. I think we can do some more hitting, to be honest with you. But at the end of the day, we had 25 shots on goal, 
Face-off percentage was was better than Avalanche, 57. We won our face-offs. But we were 0 for 2 on the power play. We had 49 penalty minutes, 26 hits. 26 hits, that's it. 10 blocks and 7 giveaways. Remember, we were talking about how Vegas Golden Knights and Minnesota had 112 hits in the game. Avalanche had 17 hits. Now, they're a faster team. But the Knights need to bring bring their bodies, man. They need to bang on them a little bit. 26 hits is not that many. Avalanche, 37 shots on goal. You know why? We're not tying them up. We're not getting a body on them. They are fast. Don't get me wrong. But you still got to lay a body. You got to lay your hits. You got to... Have them remember why they don't go down the middle or why they don't go towards the boards. They were two for five on power plays. They had 30 penalty minutes, 17 hits, 11 blocks. So they're not as... um, Definitely the team's not made to be chippy, right? They're not made to be... They're made to play fast. Avalanche made to play fast. We can hit. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Reeves and if he's going to be suspended for a game. The real question is who's going to come in and fill those shoes. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're looking at Avalanche just absolutely dominating. Dominating not because they're a great team. Honestly, I feel like dominating because we just didn't have the best goalie in. Marc-Andre is by far more dominant goaltender. And there was a few goals that were just a little a little weak. You know, the first goal, it'd be on Robin's left side. Short side, backhander, low percentage. It goes in. A five-hole shot. Low percentage right in front of you goes in. There was a few of them, if you watch the game, there was a few of those pucks just bouncing around. Robin was out of position a lot of the times. So very tough game to watch. But at the end of the day, though, still need four wins. And it's okay. Vegas can lose a game on the road. They have to win one game on the road to switch home ice advantage and come out and take this series. Right now I'm giving it a toss-up, 50-50. I feel like Vegas can hold their own at home. And the only way Vegas obviously is going to win this series if they win one on the road. Because they only have three home games, so they have to win one of the four. And it it potentially could go to game seven. But right now, I'm looking for Wednesday night game. And see where they land as far as the, the season goes with this team. Because right now, it's going to be a battle. Vegas needs to hit more. Throw some bodies on these guys. But, man, I don't know if you can stop McKinnon. That guy is fast. 
So as I was saying, tomorrow's games, we have game seven, Toronto, Montreal at Toronto. It's going to be an awesome game. Uh, Winner will play Winnipeg. And then we have Boston, uh, New York Islanders at Boston tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern time. And then June 1st, we have Tampa Bay at Carolina. And then June 2nd, VGK at Colorado. So NHL playoffs are definitely heating up for sure. And guys, look out. You got number one versus number two, which is Avalanche Vegas. You got three versus four, which is Boston four and Boston three, Islanders four. And you got number one versus number three which is Tampa, um, Tampa Bay number three, uh, Carolina number one. And you're just waiting to see who's going to win out of the one versus four in the north. But it's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. But we got this quick little message. I'd like to thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. When you want something expensive thrown on your porch and stolen, you want the U.S. Postal Service. There you have it. Now, we've got some MLB to talk about. Major League Baseball, they're on, let's see, where are we at? How many games have been played, guys? 54 out of 162 games right now. Around 54 out of 162. So, still a lot more baseball to come. AL East, you've got Tampa Bay leading that by one game over Boston. And you got New York that's making a little bit of a run, but they've lost three in a row. Toronto and then Baltimore. Who have lost 13 in a row, guys. Baltimore currently just got swept by the Chicago White Sox. They're on a 13-game losing streak. In their last 10, obviously 0-10. Baltimore not playing so well. In the Central, you got the White Sox. 32-20. and 20, three, three and a half games behind Cleveland. Kansas City, Detroit, and Minnesota. And the AL West, you have Oakland. Who've lost two. They're only one and a half games out of first. I mean, they're in first by one and a half games. Houston's right behind them. Seattle, who's won four in a row. So they're making a little climb. LA Angels. They're still almost last, and then dead last is the Texans, 22-33. and 33. They've lost six in a row, another six-in-a-row losing streak. Unbelievable. This past game, they lost 4-2 against the Mariners. Joey Gallo hits his ninth home run, but... That was all for the Rangers. Could muster it up as they ended up losing 4-2. to two. Texans are struggling. And as I'm looking, they're, oh, they're up in Seattle. Okay, so they're on the road. I was like, I thought that uh, Texans team was going to be uh, sold out crowds. Not so much. That was Seattle. That makes sense. Makes total sense. 
Chicago White Sox. Let's talk a little bit of Chicago baseball, baby. They just got done sweeping the Baltimore Orioles. Three to one today. Gelato. Gelito. Five and four. But Gelito's change up guides him to a 12K win. White Sox, they've been winning with some of their key players out. And they're going to be getting some key players back. Outfielder Adam Eaton expected a return on Monday. Eaton hasn't played since Wednesday when he left after five innings with hamstring tightness. Michael Kopech is day-to-day. Well, and we know Luis Robert, or Lewis Robert. He left a while ago. A right, he suffered with a right hip flexor tear while beating out an infield single in the first inning of a loss to Cleveland on May 2nd. Robert opted against surgery, but his time frame for return was not changed by the decision. So he'll be Robert, Luis Robert will be away from baseball activities for at least 12 to 16 weeks. So he is on the 60-day injured list. And then we have left fielder Eloy Jimenez, ruptured left pectoral tendon. He suffered the injury making an ill-advised jump for a home run during spring training and had surgery the week that the 2021 season began. So there's been no update for the last 12 weeks. And then we have uh, Adam Engel, who's out to be determined. Jace Fry, left-handed pitcher, out to be determined. So there's there's been some big injuries, but with those big injuries, those big player injuries, they've been still winning. I don't know if it's because they've been playing not so great teams or if they're just playing some good ball. I mean, I, I'm sure John Modelo could attest that the pitchers and our relievers actually are finally warming up, even though he's not a Sox fan. But they are. They're finally warming up. And we're seeing, you know, great pitching from Lance Lynn. We're seeing great pitching from our middle relievers all the way up to our closers. So it's been good to see. It's been good to see. And all I got to say is how sweep it is. And then we got to talk about the Chicago Cubs. Something interesting about the Chicago Cubs this past week. I know you guys know what that what it is, but I'm going to play it for you anyways. Because I I have to play it cuz it's it's pretty it's pretty funny. 
Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. Goodness. Wow, you gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be they kidding me. They stole a run. You have gotta be kidding me. Javi Baez. Keep going. Go. Go. You're invisible. El Mago indeed. Yes. So that was against Pittsburgh. Two outs, runner on third. Baez hits the ball to the third baseman, starts running towards the bag, towards the first. But the throw is a little bit off. So it pulls the first baseman off of first base. So he decides, you know what? I think I'm going to go and tag him. Well, Baez goes running down to almost all the way down to home plate. Back down the line. While he's running down, I think it was Jacques Peterson, decides to, uh, I don't know, steal home. And he does. Instead of tagging Baez with the ball, because even if, if even if Peterson had scored, it would still be considered a force out, okay? Because it was two outs. It would have been a force out. So even if Peterson scored, Baez could have been tagged. Run doesn't score. Inning over. But the... The first baseman throws the ball to the catcher. Peterson dives in, touches home. Ump says safe. So does Javi. He says safe with his hands. He's like, oh, I got to (laughs) run. I got to get out of here. So Javier Baez runs down the first. Of course, there was nobody on first. So we could have, you could have still got him out because it was a force play, even though that guy scores. And then you go on to throwing the ball away. He ends up taking second. And just the craziest um, end of an inning I think we've seen in years for baseball. Pretty smart for Javi, but at the end of the day, all that pitcher had to do is why chase him down? Just step on first. Game over. Or inning over. But the Cubs couldn't. They they were riding a six game winning streak, and they just couldn't uh, couldn't keep that winning streak going. They ended up losing today five to one against the Reds, with uh, seven hits for the Reds and drove in five runs. Cubs had four hits with one run. Jake Arrieta goes five and five, and your save goes to Antoine for the Reds. But that's okay. I do have to say that I was quite impressed. I watched the game the other day when Albert Alzale uh, proved how far he has gone in his his progress of being a pitcher as he's pretty much a rookie pitcher. He's 26. But he made it through seven innings for the first time in his big league career. He didn't walk a batter, and he threw 70 of his 86 pitches for strikes. It was actually a really good game to watch. And that was Friday's game. And after that game, your middle reliever and your closer comes in, and they end up winning one nothing. So you got to be pretty proud of that. Sticks six strikeouts over five and two thirds shutout frames for Azale. That's a good sign. 
I mean, that's a good sign to see. You know, you want to see your young your young pitchers, you know, making progress. And right now, that that's yeah, that's what Chicago needs. A bit of luck and weather also helped Azalea as the wind was blowing in for sure. 30 and 40, 40 mile an hour winds. That helps at Wrigley. That helps at Wrigley. But a quick, uh, quick little side note. Per the team historian Ed Hartgid, the Cubs 1-0 win Friday was their 273rd 1-0 one to nothing game since 1876. Of those games, 56 featured a home run for the game's only run. The last such game came back to back on August 16th and 17th of 2018 in Pittsburgh when Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber hitting solo home runs. Bode is the 44th Cub player to homer in a one to nothing win. The leaders, though, do you know this, T-Dog? Do you know who the leaders are in that? Oh, that's right. You're not here. I forgot. The leaders are Ernie Banks and Andy Pafko, who each homered in three one nothing Chicago wins. So that's an interesting side story. So you got to be proud right now. Uh, if we go back to the standings for the National League, which we are right this minute, uh, we'll just start off with the NL East. You got the Mets leading the the, the division, uh, twenty five and twenty. You got uh, Atlanta. Now Mets have come in, are on a four game win streak. You got Atlanta, Philly, Miami, and Washington dead last. All those four teams that I just mentioned have lost two to four games. In a row. So the NL East is playing like the NL least. And then in the NL Central, you've got St. Louis uh, 30 and 23. They've lost one, uh, but the Cubs are have been playing some good ball. Now they the next game they play is May 31st versus San Diego. So that should be a really good game to watch. They're 29 and 23 and a half game back out of first place. And then you got Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. And then you have the best team in the National League right now, San Diego Padres, 34-20. and 20. They're going to be in Chicago. We'll see how they're playing in a little bit of cold weather because it seems like it's a little chilly out there in the Chicago land. They're 7-3 over the last 10. Chicago's 8-2 over the last 10, so this should be a really good matchup. And then you have San Francisco, who's won three. But the Dodgers, who were winning, are now losing again. Three three losses in a row. They're 31-22. and 22. Two and a half games out of first place. Colorado and Arizona round out the NL West. So, San Diego with a team of pretty damn good players. This should be a this should be a pretty amazing game. I mean, we'll have to see where you Darvish is playing. 
if he's going to be playing against the Cubs, this should be an interesting series. Especially Darvish coming, you know, being traded to the Padres. And you've got some, you know, Blake Snell. You've got some good pitchers there. Uh, and then you go get into the hitting, though, the infielders. you got Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's killing it. You got some decent players on the Padres. We'll see how this uh this lines up for the uh Chicago Cubs. And then we have a little bit of we have a little bit of a little bit of uh, a little bit of break here. Hold on. The key to any podcast is poor sound quality and tons of commercials. Well, that's one thing I tried to correct in this podcast is decent sound quality. And yeah, tons of commercial would be nice, but I don't have them at this time. NFL news. Uh, next, uh, this Wednesday, we're going to be talking Las Vegas Raiders uh, season schedule. Cutler thinks that uh, the Bears wouldn't play Justin Fields to begin Bears season. What does Cutler think anyways? What do we care about him? Let me ask you this, couch potato heads. You think Justin Fields should play? First game? Screw Andy Dalton, who... We gave $10 million to. Just let him get out there. Hit us up at mmcouchpotatoes.com on Facebook or Twitter, mmcouchpotatoes. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Personally, I don't think Fields should play. I think you should sit back and watch the quarterbacks battle it out. Andy Dalton, I don't know if he's going to be any good. Or Nick Foles, who we still have, who we couldn't trade away. We tried. As a matter of fact, I've got a a little article that I will read for you. It was about the Nick Foles trade. Uh, Let's see here. Nick Foles, where are you? Maybe I don't have the Nick Foles on here. I thought I did. No, I don't. So Nick Foles, so basically the Bears tried to trade Nick Foles to Philadelphia, which would have worked out well for Nick Foles. I mean, he won a Super Bowl there in Philadelphia, but he didn't want to go. They heard that he they heard that he wasn't going to report and they didn't want to take the hit on sending trading him and then not reporting and then being be out. And other related news, Joe Girardi says Phillies will no longer give injury updates on active players. It's not fair to us, he says. If a player is not on the injury list, consider him healthy. How do you guys feel about that? 
Joe Girardi says, we're going to approach this differently. I've talked to people in our organization, just a manager's decision, and I'm not going to share anything. Who's available, who's not available, because I think it's somewhat unfair to us. Just like if you were, do, you were to do something, you're not necessarily going to share it with your rival reporter. So that's why we're going to handle it. Just a manager's decision. I totally agree with that. This is how I feel about it. So Joe Girardi basically is saying, listen, I want you to game plan for every player that's potentially possibly available to me that I can use at any particular time throughout the game. And if I tell you that he's not going to be in the game, well, you don't have to game plan for it. You don't have to waste some time trying to figure out, well, will he come into the game or not? If this person's a good hitter, do what kind of pitchers do I need to have available or warmed up or ready to go? I mean, I totally agree. Joe Girardi, you really shouldn't be telling anybody your business. And that same goes with uh, NHL or NFL. You know, you, you want to, you have to report injuries, but you don't have to say where they are or if they're going to, you know, if they're going to play or not. Say day-to-day, you can say likely, probable. That just puts those other teams having to game plan with these players possibly in. Now, when they, when they don't show up or they're not in or it's a game-time decision, well, then you can adjust your game plan. And then another news update, Braves Marcel Ozuna accused of choking and hitting his wife. Outfielder arrested and charged with aggravated assault and family violence. The arrest comes a year after Azuna's wife, Genesis, was arrested after a domestic dispute. Azuna's a good player, but he's a shitty husband. Good or bad. Obviously, there were some issues going on. The wife was arrested. Now he's arrested. Azuna was re-signed in February. The deal was for four years and $65 million with a fifth-year team option worth $16 million, and there is a $1 million buyout. The team acknowledges that they are aware of Azuna's arrest, and they are not answering any questions at this time and expecting MLB or transferring all calls to Major League Baseball's front office. Matters should be referred to the office of the commissioner, as they said. How do you guys feel about that? My feeling is your conduct off the field can be the, relatively the same on the field if you're getting angry, mad, if you have anger issues, whatever's going on. And once again, there, money can't buy you every happiness for sure. And I know you can say, well, you know, what? he's a baseball player, first off. Maybe, maybe you can argue that fact for a football player, you know. Psyched up for a game, you know, very aggressive. It's an aggressive sport. But at the end of the day... There's no room for that kind of stuff. 
even if he's at 15 million, 60 million, 100 million, 200 million, whatever, he messed up. He messed up. And so this is what happens when you mess up. He's got to go. He's got to go. So Major League Baseball is going to look into another player, just like the NFL looked in their players. It's a pretty crazy world, though, that you make all that money because you're a good athlete and you're still miserable. I mean, I guess you could have no money and still be miserable, right? Just like T-Dog, he's probably miserable because he's sick. This guy sucks. I know. I know I do. So that's your Major League Baseball update at its finest. I know it's a dry dry, uh, program tonight, but I want you guys to know that I am always willing to Hear some constructive criticism. So please hit us up at info at Monday morning couch potatoes.com. And or hit us up on Facebook, MM Couch Potatoes. Sign up. Let us know how you feel. Add some stuff. You want me to bring it up on next week's podcast when the T-Dog is back? Let's do it. Because right now, you have been listening to a very boring Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Potatoes. This podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast is for general information purposes only. So thanks for listening.